welcome to We Have Spoken, Season 2, Episode 2. This is the podcast discussing our favorite Star Wars show, The Mandalorian. Uh, on this episode, we'll be discussing Chapter 10, The Passenger, which aired on November 6, 2020, exclusively on Disney+. Uh, we are actually recording this a day after, so we've had a, lot, a little time to uh, process everything that's, that, that went on in the episode. My name is Dennis, and I'll be your Rodian guide Ooh. for this journey. Uh, with me, as always, is my prequel apologist, Ricky. Hello. And uh, and we have our special guest today, uh, my friend, my wedding DJ, and uh, my favorite Boba Fett fan, Mr. Jason Coker. What's happening? Um, welcome to the show. Thank you. And... Thank you. And uh, as always, in the background, uh, watching my dogs to make sure they don't freak out is uh, producer Lindsay uh, bringing balance to the force behind the scenes. All right, guys, let's get into yeah, this. I, th um, I think I'll acknowledge that my power went out. <laughs> so I'm doing this yes. all through my phone. So if I disappear, yeah. everyone knows why. Yes. And uh, there is a, a crazy rainstorm that's coming and going and i think we think that's what knocked his power out uh we're all kind of local in, in the same general vicinity but the rain is hitting us at different times in the in the day so who knows uh anyways technical difficulties aside uh before we get into spoilers for this episode uh why don't you guys tell me your impressions uh you know how it made you feel and why people should go watch it uh, before <laughs> listening to us spoil everything. I liked it. I liked Don's face. I thought it was interesting that we got another um, Creature of the Week episode, I guess. The vague way to put it. Um, a little, little um, I didn't like love it, you know, in the grand scheme of the Mandalorian. Like, it didn't really progress much, in my opinion. But it was a cool, for departures, it was a cool departure, in that sense. Yeah, I I agree completely. It was a uh, it was entertaining um because it's in the Star Wars universe, of course. So if you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to dig it. I don't think it did a whole lot as far as uh character development, introducing new elements or anything. It was just a lot of the good stuff that makes Star Wars as awesome as it is. It's a good yeah. Star Wars episode, not a good Mandalorian episode. That's that's a good, that's a good summary. Yep. That's fair. I could see that. I could see that. Um, okay, before we dive in, uh, deeper into that, let's do a spoiler recap. So for anybody who has not watched it, this is it. This is your last chance. Um, I'm going to give you my one-sentence pitch of what I think this this episode was really about. Um, I think this is the one where all the babies died. <laughs> <laughs> Am I You're wrong? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, this is this is the episode where uh, we saw Baby Yoda eat a bunch of uh, unfertilized eggs and also uh, full-on baby uh, spiders. And then uh, we saw a, the Mando and some uh, New Republic soldiers slaughter an entire cave worth of baby spiders. <laughs> uh, just babies dying all over the place but it's the baby episode so you know what are you gonna oh, do man i don't want to <laughs> say not much happened but really you know 
Mando goes to um did they ever name the planet? I never I never caught that. No. No, you don't get a name for that. He, go, he goes to a planet on a side quest to escort a uh frog lady. Oh, no. oh well no, you're he's going to a planet. He's going, he's going to he's going he's, to a he's going planet. to the, the moon of Trask yes. in the in the Cole Ivan system. Um, but he never makes it there. Yeah. yeah. Things don't, don't always go as he plans and he crashes on this ice yeah. planet. He basically and gets, he, he, yeah. he gets pulled over. He gets, uh, his plates run by the cops. <laughs> um, and, and he panics and that's when he tries to ditch him on another ice planet. Or, oh, know. I don't think he panics. Uh, I think he did exactly what he, he wanted. <laughs> to do. Well, he crashed the ship and made it undrivable. So I think mm-hmm. that quant- that constitutes a bit of a panic. What a terrible um, liar he is, though. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> he is a really bad liar. He's Awful. so bad at it. Uh, but, you know, I kind of I kind of dig that because it, it kind of plays into that whole Mandalorian code thing. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, yep. but uh, with that said, I think let's get into uh, light side, dark side, where we talk about like our, our highlights of the episode or the things that may may have missed a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you um, got? What do I got? Well, I, yeah. I honestly think it was a great episode of Star Wars because uh, it perfectly recaptured um, George Lucas's intent for the original movies. You know, like if you remember the original movie, like, I mean, not when it first released, but, you know, like when they re-released it like a, a couple months later, they threw that episode mm-hmm. four tag on there. Right. And the whole idea of that was that he was inspired by when he was a kid and he would go to the movies and before the main feature would play, you would get these little serialized stories like Flash Gordon and other things. And unless you were literally going to the movies every week, you didn't get the whole story, mm-hmm. right? You just got a little piece of it. You had to jump right in right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, like the cartoons also that they used to put in front of movies as well. Uh, you're just getting a snapshot of that world, right? And so, uh, you know, take it or leave it. You know, if you'd happen to been, if you'd happen to seen the the episodes that aired before oh, it, yeah, it enhanced it even more, right? Mm. But if you didn't, you still got a really fun, immersive story that you uh, that you got to lose yourself in for for uh, you know forty five minutes or so. And for me, that's what this episode was. Like, I, oh, I'm, totally, I'm, totally. I'm done caring about when they decide to 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 push the ball, you know, the ball forward and 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 actually move the story to the next logical progression for the Mando and Baby Yoda and and you know where the Jedi. I don't, I don't care. I know that that's going to come. Um, mm-hmm. and so I just enjoy that. Like, enjoy the ride. I enjoy that. Every side quest he takes <laughs> turns into the most ridiculous adventure ever. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, this, uh, this I is very similar to last week, though. You know, like it was you didn't need to know what the Boba Fett armor was. You just know it's a Mandalorian armor and it's its own little save the town mm-hmm. side story. And this was, its, you know, another little escort mission, um, essentially. And. You're right. I mean, I I enjoyed it on its face, but thinking about the bigger picture of what Mandalorian, what the Mandalorian is, it's like, all right, let's let's start getting into the nitty gritty. You know, well, it'd be different if it was the wasn't the Mandalorian show. You know, it's it's yeah, yeah. You got to kind of move that ball a bit. It's a it's a double edged sword for me because I've complained 
back in the season one uh when baby yoda showed up like and started using the force i'm like damn it can't we just have a star wars story with no force and then last week i was like why didn't baby yoda (laughs) take out that crate you know what i mean like why didn't he help them ever um and so you know uh, it's a catch-22 right so like I actually really enjoy seeing stories take place in the Star Wars universe just to show how crazy it is, like how so far removed it is from our reality (laughs) that you can't you can't begin to understand the way things work. You know, so that like, can you imagine if you were getting pulled over by the cops and instead of the normal crappy things that happen, you end up crashing on an ice planet and you, you're almost getting eaten by giant spiders, you know, like that's, that's not normal, you know, like, and that's, and that's, but it is normal in their to, to world, them. Right? Yeah. To him. He's like, yeah. yeah. And, well, and there's yeah. another factor on top of that. You're getting pulled over by the cops while you're escorting a baby to its people while you're escorting a lady who is escorting its babies. So it was, it yeah. was a, just a, a mix yeah. of bad news for him to yeah. be dealing with the I cops. Mean, he, he had to put the pedal to the metal, right? But like, for sure. Uh, also, mm-hmm. you know, he's got, he's got the remains of, uh, you know, zero in the back, which would, which ends up <laughs> playing into the show later, you know, but like, this is a wanted criminal, uh, you know, like I really liked how that, that whole show ended up, uh, reminding us of the greatness of, you know, that prisoner episode, which is the kind of, yeah, episode. a lot of little flashbacks yeah. in yep. that sense. Yeah. But, um, what, what about you guys? I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it over to you for a second before I go to another one. Go ahead. Or the higher, higher or low. The, the favorite, my best, the best part of that whole episode was that whole, uh, X-wing interaction at the beginning. Like that little conversation is totally what would happen. You know, they're just minding their business, doing their sweeps, and they pull up behind them. They, hey, Carson, they're very polite. Can, Carson, can you switch over to Channel 2 for real quick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> like, it, it's a super casual conversation, and he goes, switch over. And then all you see is the wings open. It's like, you know. you know. <laughs> that gave but me they chills. Weren't, they weren't still hostile. They were just super chill about it, even then. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's when the cop, uh, you know, unlatches the holster. And just gets ready, you know, like yep, he doesn't or know. On he gloves. Doesn't, yeah, he doesn't know what's gonna happen, you know what I mean? So And then um, like while they're chasing him, they're like, Come on, man, like don't don't yep, make don't us make do us it. Do like you're yeah. like come on, just stop. Yeah. They uh <laughs> that was, that was know, all good. Yeah, they it, it reminded me so much of what you said last week and you've said before, is that uh good storytelling shows and doesn't tell, right? And mm-hmm. they showed you so many things that just made you feel something, right? Like the second those X-wing wings open up, you just know what's about to happen, and and it was, and it was, it, and it's because you've lived in the Star Wars universe for so long that you know what that means, and it, it's that was a really cool moment for me. That was probably it, one of it's my kind of a nice moments. little parallel because if that was the Empire, they would have just like. Yeah, shot on arrival, and and they, yep. they those guys know it's a brand new republic, mm-hmm. and they're trying to they're trying to set new rules for how to do how to do law enforcement. Right, they want to be better than the people before them, and so you know that even comes into play later when mm-hmm. they read him his rap sheet, basically, and, <laughs> yep. and, and 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 like they weigh the pros versus the cons. Right, like hey, we see you broke out a prisoner, but you also delivered three you know everyone gets one 
yeah, should be in jail yeah. right now. Yeah. And he's like, watch, help me fix my ship. They're like, no. Why don't you fix that tail light? <laughs> you know, like, uh, no. yeah, but no, it's, it's, it was a really cool experience to see how the new Republic is trying to, uh, build, you know, its own rule of law in, in, in their universe mm-hmm. and, and be, and, and try to do it without killing its citizens. Yeah. Know, so. Oh, for sure. Yeah. One yeah. one moment that just piggybacking off of that one moment that I really enjoyed in that conversation was uh, Mando said, may the force be with you. And, and I, they gave their response. And then there was that nice little pause. Oh, one more thing. And then yeah. they still wanted yeah. to just do that transponder. <laughs> say, that was just so cool. That was a nice yeah. little moment where I went, oh, well, that that went really well. And then the one more thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, snap. It's about to get ugly. Can we yeah. talk about that for like a second, though? Like, he... They, it's like saying "bless you" like after someone sneezes, I guess, right? Oh, it's because... a, it's a, it's a typical like uh, greeting or 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 salutation at the end, you know. Like, like he uh, saw the baby Yoda use the Force, but I don't think he didn't know what that was. Though, what did he? Oh, correct. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think everybody necessarily knows what the Force is. Like that, the Force is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to to them, it's almost like a fairy tale kind of thing, you know. Like so. Uh, may the force be with you is just a general greeting that or or, or you know goodbye mando's delivery give. on that and line then, though was great the little hesitation yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was yeah. good i like i like when he's like oh there it is you know like when he's like when they're <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and he's, like uh, he's such a bad liar like you said it's so good um i that that moment actually also that you were referring to and um it reminded me of when he was talking to Pelly earlier and she's like, Oh yeah, no. So it's an easy job. And he's like, what's the hitch? She's like, no hitch, none at all. Well, there yeah. is, yeah. you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, and then there's also this, you know, like it's, by the way, this is three episodes now with Amy Sedaris that she's been on she's the show. Her, it's pretty, her paycheck. You know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm loving that character. It's, she's great. I didn't, um, I didn't love her too much this episode. Um, I didn't she really got... like the little swindle in the in the cantina. Yeah, with Doctor Mandible's cash flow with, with the giant. Yeah, it's like this dude's paying you. I'm assuming hella cash to fix fix your ship. You don't play the dude, right? Yeah, kind of felt like she screwed the Mando out of his money on purpose. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought that was kind of that was kind of messed up because yes, yeah, it's, it's like Ricky said. You know, he's he's paying her probably good cash. Um, when he's in town, she loves the kid, uh, and she repays his kindness by screwing him out of a fat sack of money. That's not cool. <laughs> I I dug it because like it reminds us that they're all doing what they Shitty can people. to survive in 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 Star Wars world. You know what I mean? Like, and they live on the outer rim. You know, Pelly lives. Everybody that chooses to live on the outer rim does it because they want to. They be want to. They removed. want that. They yeah. want to be far removed from the law, right? And if you want to be far removed from the law, that means you're doing shady things, usually, usually. Or they can't I mean, afford to get off the planet. <laughs> or, or that. There's that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, she, yes. she's got to pay for that hair care because she got a tight perm. Oh, yeah. some serious girls. <laughs> How does she, she lock in go. that moisture on Tatooine? <laughs> That's what I'm yes. saying. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I really liked about just the, the show in, like, in general is just uh, you know, take it or leave it. Like we're going to get frequent reminders that Mando was a cold blooded killer 
mm-hmm. and still can be a cold-blooded killer, but his code and his path that he's chosen, you know, with his kid, they're going to keep eventually, uh, you know, each episode pushing him to do the right thing over and over again. And it's always going to be this compelling um, uh, contradiction, you know? So like they do it really, really well. Peyton Reed, uh, the director of this episode and, and written by John Favreau, I think they did a really good job of, of showing this again, you know, like it's an isolated episode, but what do we mm-hmm. get at the beginning? What do we get? We get bandits just totally like, coming out of nowhere and they're like there's a dude we have no idea if they specifically were trying to get the mandalorian or if they were just there to get the I next person the, that chose to the drive child. by because they they yeah one of them no, said take they the child to know yeah, yeah. seemed to maybe, know he was coming maybe well, he yeah still the tracker knows? on him right i don't think he that still was has a tracker that was the whole him. episode was it, episode four at the end when the other bounty hunter comes and like hunts hunts the baby down oh i mean yeah like the empire still wants them so that's true like it's not a physical tracker on him i think it's just their their biometric data is being you Mm -hmm. know constantly scanned for or whatever um sure it could like it could have been people actually there for baby yoda uh it doesn't matter though the point was they put him in danger and his instincts kick in and he murders them all <laughs> and then like and then the one guy that almost gets away with it you know like he uses his he, he lied pretty good then right like, like playing with his food at that point like he's like yeah he's like hey, 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 hey there's plenty of good stuff over there in that wreckage take whatever you want he's like what are those little dudes called do, do, do you know the name of that species because the dude was I, bold he looked like a jawa wanted- I wanted yeah. to get that. Yeah, I thought maybe he was a Jawa, but like without the, without the, the robes hood. and stuff yeah. like that. I was yeah. I was wondering, but he dude was bold because he just saw he just watched Amando take out his boys, and then he's he standing there with a knife like, uh, I got this, I got this, and starts making <laughs> demands. And the really funny thing is when he when he grabbed the jetpack and he took off, he actually threw the knife down. He dropped know, the knife right? and just took off running. That was just yeah. weird to me. It's like, this yeah. dude's got blasters. He's got my rifle. And yet I'm just going to run away with this pack. Very weird. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't the smartest move ever no. on that guy's part. But, um, but you know, that's the problem, right? Is like the Empire keeps sending people that are not as, as skilled as the, as the Mando. And eventually we're going to get somebody who is, you know, and it's going to be mm. a cool showdown. And it's going to, it's going to again, do that, that, compelling contradiction because you know mando always wants to be alone because it's easier to survive and it's easier if he only has to look out for himself oh, yeah, but yeah. his obligation to this kid and his code are gonna constantly make they him put do him in the like right thing the situations that yeah. challenge that for sure and that's I, the show right that's the mm-hmm. show every week it doesn't matter I mean, what they, they really happens. hit the hit the nail on the head with when uh the frog lady doesn't have a name. She's just frog lady. She's yeah, legit frog lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, um, you know, obviously they're getting chased by all these little spiders and they locked them. No, it's before, before the spiders. They're uh, trapped just in the ship. The crash landing, yeah. yeah. And she calls them out. She's like, you're a Mandalorian. Yeah, yep. You're supposed to be cool, badass and save people. 
Like I, I love that. I love that. And it's probably a trick that would have worked on somebody who didn't know the Mandalorian code or didn't understand because he, he was ready to write it off. Just like, ah, I don't have time for this crap. Yeah. The yeah, deal's, like, deal's this over. This is There's not no what deal. I signed up for, for sure. Yeah. And, and then she made him step his game up like, well, oh, uh, I thought you guys were better than that. I thought this was mm-hmm. more than just some little children's stories. It's like, oh, damn it. I'm a Mandalorian. <laughs> Got to do it. And duty called. I thought that was a very cool moment. Yeah, it was. It was a very cool moment. Um, do you guys have anything else? Any anything else that that, that uh, stood out as one of your highs or lows? Like uh, for for this a, one, a question. Um, and because I'm I haven't watched some of the movies in a long time, but what something that popped into my mind was uh, so Pelly asked Mando if he'd brought any of that crate dragon meat, and they were cooking it on a <laughs> on a I think what it was an engine from uh, yeah, they using like an engine for engine. the. Yeah, that was cool. But she said, um, "I like it medium rare. I'm not a I'm not a Rodian." And she said, "Be uh, careful, don't over don't overcook it. I like it medium yeah. rare." Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I, I went okay. So I remember. I mean, obviously, Greedo is a Rodian, and there was a little there was a kid Rodian with Anakin in the prequels, <laughs> played by Warwick Davis. Have there yeah. been? Many other Rodians in the There's films. There's a bunch of Rodians in in the like Jabba's right? palace that aren't that aren't Greedo. Okay. Uh, okay. Like there's 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 they do show them. They 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 pepper them into the show every now and then, or in the in the movies and stuff. But they're always background characters. Just never Greedo, too prominent. Okay. Greedo is definitely the most famous of all the Rodians for sure, mm. which is unfortunate because you know. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not a great example of anything like of any person or any, you know. Right, uh, right. But yeah, but apparently we, they like to cook their food really too much. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I gotta say that I'd that hunk it. of meat, that hunk of meat looked delicious. That looked delicious. Oh, that yeah. did yeah. look like some serious steak. Yeah. yeah, might have to get some crate dragon action. Um, I mean, I, I I really enjoyed the. I thought it was a little slow in the middle of the episode, but once the uh, were they Krikna spiders? I think that's that's their name. So I'm not sure. I'm gonna say. They were Krikna, and uh, you know that was actually uh, something I was I was going to talk about later. But um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, the Krikna are actually uh, a species of spider or alien spiders that were in the concept art for Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back. Hmm. Um, they were meant to be something that Luke encountered on Dagobah when uh, he went there to to meet Yoda. Interesting. It's a cool design. No, yeah. it's really and, cool design. And so, you know, when Dave Filoni started working with with George Lucas on the Clone Wars, you know, he got access to all of George Lucas's notes. He basically became his right hand man, uh, and and you know, has carried on his legacy after George has left the 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 thing over to Disney. Um, but Dave Filoni, like when he got access to all this concept stuff, he started taking those things and putting them this in. Shit so looks so cool. So like, the Krikna, put the it Krikna. All in. Were actually first introduced in Star Wars Rebels, the the, the animated show, mm. uh, and they're in about seven episodes of that show. I actually rewatched all of those episodes yesterday just to see if they're I could crazy. get any <laughs> any extra, uh, you know, bit of morsels of a uh, of information. Um, I will say this: we could call the ones that we met on this ice planet a Krikna, but. At the same time, they're a little different than the ones that we've seen already in canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, that nasty mouth with like a sarlacc pit, like looking yeah. ring, oh, yeah. ring of teeth. Wild. 
That is not on the Krikna that were in Rebels. Rebels actually have mandibles like a real spider, mm-hmm. but their face does hang below their their legs just like they do in the like. I mean, aside from the mouth, they're identical to the ones in Re- in Rebels. Uh, but then the other thing is in Rebels, um, actually they were uh, impervious to blaster fire, oh, uh, and so wow. the so the only way they could kill them was to actually. You had to focus and shoot them in the eyes to get past their carapace. So, oh. so what we could say: different planet, different uh, Krikna. You know, g- genetic offshoot. You know, like or or completely different. But that yeah. I mean, once once the egg opens, or once Baby Yoda starts eating one, and then the other <laughs> eggs open, that whole sequence was just straight joy. out of Aliens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's straight out of Aliens, and I they didn't. Yeah. Um, I guess Aliens is Disney now, but they didn't Disney-fy that sequence. That was a scary little run creepy. back to the ship, for sure. Creepy. Well, I mean, I think they did Disney-fy it, and that Disney creates a magical moment out of very little. <laughs> and and like, I, I really, I mean, I, Disney gets a lot of crap for for t- you know for softening things up or whatever. But like, in all honesty, like they create really compelling moments, and I think I think what you call slow throughout the show, I call uh, building the tension, you know what I mean? Like I, like, um, I really do think that 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 show benefits from not having a lot of spoken words, uh, Mm -hmm. and just having a lot of visual, uh, storytelling happening. And, and next thing you know, by the time it gets to that, you know, where they're in the pool Mm -hmm. and they're gathering up the things. Cause you know, like we, we've been through this whole journey with them and then baby Yoda goes off and wanders into that nest of, of, of eggs you're like, oh, this is the you part in the story. This. <laughs> this is the <laughs> part in the story go. where this is going to get <laughs> real bad. You know, like it reminded uh, me they... a lot of the uh, the sequence in King Kong in the canyon when all the bugs start coming yeah. out. Oh, it's wow. like that type it's, of it's, struggle it's... where they're they're losing that fight for sure. It it the the show leans on on. I mean, Nas talked about this last week, right? The show leans on. Uh, referencing things that Mm -hmm. you as the audience are familiar with you know so like dude big time that was that was one of the things that stood out the most to me i mean he they end up on an ice planet so i immediately think of hoth they end up in an ice cave so i think of luke with that snow beast that jacked Mm -hmm. him up Uh, yeah yeah, i mean it's it's just there's so much like familiar stuff there that takes me home all the time I, i that is one of the magical things about this entire universe is that I feel, I really do feel like I'm a kid again. Anytime I watch a show that's Mm -hmm. in this universe. Yeah. Great. Because, because it speaks on a level that, that doesn't require you to like um, necessarily be thinking critically about everything that's happening. And you just get to think emotionally, you know, about what's happening instead. And that's, that's the benefit of, of when you draw on, on, shared past experiences you know so when you when you call back to a more terrifying scene from aliens (laughs) then it doesn't have to be as terrifying because you're still filled Mm -hmm. with that emotion you know that 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 memory so you know no one actually has to die in that moment uh to still feel that terror you know it's 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 really brilliant I gotta yeah. say though, it took him longer than I I, I had hoped to bust out that flamethrower. That would have been the first thing I used <laughs> when those now. things started coming. Yeah. He got there, but it took a minute. Yeah, 
they actually do have a very similar scene like that in uh, in Rebels, where, where those Krikna. By the way, like the other thing I meant to mention is uh, the Krikna. It's if you watch Rebels, it adds a lot of sad context to this episode because the Krikna are actually not an aggressive species. Um, they are uh, they are only attack if they feel threatened, no. and which still falls completely in line with what we saw because yeah, baby, baby Yoda straight gobbled up one <laughs> of their one. own. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then what's the, and then as soon as they started coming out, like Mando just opened fire on all of them. And so, you know, I, I feel bad for them knowing that, that they're actually this really peaceful species <laughs> that, that some of the Jedi got to like relate to and figure out how to mm-hmm. over time speak with. And it's like, damn it, baby Yoda, you need to learn your you need to learn your powers because the boy has an appetite for real. <laughs> he has an appetite. It's it, you know, it started with the dragon meat. Like they show him salivating over that meat. And then the rest of the episode, he's just so hungry. Chomping on everything. Yeah. He sees the dragon meat, and then a minute later the dra- the frog lady comes out, she shows off her eggs, and he's like, What is that? You know, yeah. like um, yeah, like you would think there'd be a lock on that thing, lady. Like, this Seriously. is the last of your species. Yep, I'm just gonna leave it a, in the hallway yeah. of a stranger's ship. No problem. You can buy a padlock or anything. But I just want to point out, like, I, I mean, it's what I was speaking to earlier. It, like, that's the funniest thing about Star Wars is just like you have to cast aside all of your preconceived notions of our reality and to just enjoy theirs. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean. We, we don't need to get into the politics of it, but those are a bunch of uh, eggs that will be fertilized and will be life. And Baby Yoda just basically said, I don't care about your child's life. I'm going to eat these things. I'm hungry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, and then like the, you know, our perception of physics, I, I could not help. The nerd in me could not help when Dude, I saw I, I know Mando's. Mando's rocket land oh, with oh. just with just two rockets, and I just looked at oh. it and said, "I said you need three to stabilize. You need three to stabilize." Oh, like, okay. And then I'm like, "And I'm like, never mind. It's Star Wars. I don't like you know. I just don't know." Jetpack or, or just cool. Jetpack yeah, do or cool just, things. <laughs> or just the grounds that on which the cops just let him go. You know what I mean? Like after the things he'd done, it's just you just have yeah, to. Yeah, it is kind of cartoony, it's, like. It's, it's not the end of the just, show. It's not our universe. It's just not our. Yeah. It's not the world we live in. What were you thinking? I was going to say, Coker. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't go where I thought. And this one, this one just bugged the crap out of me. Um, I, I'm, I am definitely not one of those people who can't suspend disbelief. It's a, it's a movie. It's a TV show. I understand it's not supposed to be ultra realistic, but this one really bugged me. Um, so they are dealing with these rebel cops so to speak they're you know he sends them the transponder code and he he goes oh snap this is going to be ugly so they start to chase from the moment they start to chase the frog lady is going ah she's she's flipping and (laughs) flopping all over the cockpit he's taking these wild turns and these dives and she's oh like she's on a roller coaster they have this crazy crash landing and they come to a stop and then when the ship starts to crumble and fall through the ground, then they show the eggs and a couple of other containers in the back start to fall. 
And that whole time he was flying around, I was thinking, oh, God, those eggs are just sitting in the hallway. This is bad. They're going to be scrambled eggs. And they were sitting there fine after they had done all that dipping and diving, crash landed, did a actually a really dope maneuver where the, the ship was sliding backwards and oh, that was really flipped cool. up in the yeah. air. I thought that was a cool shot. And then everything seemed to be fine. That was one of the one things that just bugged me. Like I couldn't suspend my disbelief enough because you said physics and I went, yep, that was the one that bugged me. But sorry, yeah. I get your I get your point on the rocket, but the egg thing was weird. But yeah, you just have to you just have to let it all go like, and like you just said we didn't have to use light speed. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and that 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 just the more the more you let go of your own uh understanding of the way things should work, mm-hmm. the more fun that show can be. And I think that's that's why it makes us feel like kids when we watch it, right? Is because I mean it also when, it also plays on the edges of what we know about Star Wars, right? So yeah. that's like how I think they can get away with a little bit more where mm-hmm. you kind of know where how it's supposed to look, but they're in totally new right. Star am Wars I, territory. Am I really allowed to criticize that jetpack after all these years? Like, <laughs> right. you know? right. like I mean, that jetpack has always worked that way. And I just seeing it in solitary, you know, like land perfectly on its own. And I'm like, you can't land something like vertically like that without a third stabilizing rocket and then i'm like or you could be star wars yep. and i'm just mandalorian gonna let this tech. go mandalorian tech yes. yeah that's it well tatooine's yeah, yeah, yeah. gravitational exactly. pool allows for it so yes yes <laughs> all right well uh i already discussed my nerd moment which was the spiders you know because thank you thank you for ricky for bringing that up uh did you guys have anything else specifically that you you geeked out on really hard i really dug when they were getting chased uh by the spiders how they're running, they're running to the cavern, and then the frog lady's like, you know what, I'm going to start jumping. Like, it was a very subtle, like, cool. little thing. That was cool. But, like, that's totally what she would do. Like, not everyone has to walk the same there. You know, they're all different species, so it was cool to see them not only look wanna, different, but act different, you know? I, I just want to ask, and this is totally a side note, like, moments earlier when she was still in the hot tub. Did you think you might get to see a naked frog lady? <laughs> yeah. yes. I was curious. Like, you can't see, you yes, just I can't did. show nip. I right? was like, like this is a really serious situation. I don't think you have time to put. Oh no, she does have time to put her clothes on. I dissected a I frog stand, in high school. I stand like, corrected. I stand corrected. How real were they going to go with it? I was getting weirded out by this. I'm like, this is <laughs> awkward because add on t- on top of all the layers of things going on here, that frog lady's naked, and this is a Disney show. And so they actually took them a moment. Thank you, Peyton Reed, for taking a moment to to show us a comical way to dress that frog lady super fast. And she would have needed to do it too, because uh, in every scene outside that that little uh, steam pool area, it was cold enough for Mando's armor to Mando's, be frosted up. Yeah, so exactly. she would have been in yeah. trouble without that clothes on. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, also, yeah. you you do you you do totally just without being told anything. You understand why those eggs would be in that cave right there mm-hmm. too, right? Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. because that pool is keeping things warm in there and stuff. So yep. it's it's really cool just to see all the all the visual storytelling that happens. A thing that I geeked on was was right out the box. I I just I love the fact that um, the the very first scene, Mando doesn't just uh, get his speeder bike flipped 
you know, land perfectly on his feet, though he did land on his feet, land perfectly on his feet, and then just <laughs> bust out some some super moves and take out the bad guys. I mean, they were they were knocking the crap out of him, um, and of course he wins. But I, I I've always been a big fan of uh, John McClane from the Die Hard movies mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. yes, he he wins. But that boy takes some lumps in the process. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. I I love the fact that the Mandalorian is this super badass, and he's he's hard to kill. But and he he can he's going to come through in the end. But he's not going to do it just completely spotless and you know brush off his shoulders like ah oh, that was no big deal. Nope, he's he's uh it's, it's cool to see for sure. Like he's vulnerable. He's got some vulnerability. I like that. Like, we've never really seen that in live-action Star Wars, right? Like, this badass gunslinger dude. Like, Han Solo was cool, mm-hmm. but he just kind of fumbled his way through a lot of the shit he went through. Yeah, true. Like, Mando is just a badass, and it's cool when they when they just showcase that, you know? like Yeah, and we're always going to get that every episode. And so it's not, you know, like, that's, that's, that's what you sign up for when you pay that subscription, mm-hmm. right? Is like... You're guaranteed at least one cool badass moment with the Mando every every week for eight solid weeks every year, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's every he's the every action hero ever, you know. Like in that in that show, he's great. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's time to get into the midichlorians? Because I, I think we talked about all the stuff that that you know other people can relate to, but I think the you know the segment midichlorians is for the stuff that. It's just really for us. That's like mm-hmm. this is like the stuff that really, really shouldn't matter because it's so dumb. Uh, like midichlorians, but just like <laughs> midichlorians, there are people like Ricky that really like them, and They're you just can't. Ex- you just can't explain back. it. You can't explain it. So, um, did you guys have anything specifically? I mean, Ricky? I it was cool to see Dave Filoni back. I don't know if he played the same uh, X Wing pilot. Oh, you mean Trapper Wolf? He absolutely Trapper Wolf. did. It's, it's the same. Person? Why would he? Okay. Why would he not play the same one? Come I didn't. On. I didn't pick up on the the call sign. Um, uh, but it's cool to see him back. Watch, you don't watch the show with subtitles, and also you right. don't watch the credits. You don't watch the credits either. Yeah. Uh, he was Trapper Wolf. It's cool to see him back, and it, it, it's it's also nice to see like an older X Wing pilot dude, right? Like they're just it, it takes the military aspect out of what their jobs are, and kind of just normalize it in, in their world I, I feel like um no it was cool it was it was cool to see um you know an average dude in that cockpit you know not some yeah. like poe dameron type of guy it's do you just... know who that average dude was the other guy i did yeah. not pick up on the other guy that guy is famous um he is uh have you guys ever watched kim's convenience on netflix i haven't seen i've yes. seen that it's I there seen, I okay. watched it. yeah, yeah yeah that is that is mr kim right there AKA uh Paul Sun Hyung Lee. Um he's pretty he's pretty popular. Uh uh I mean it's a great show. It's a really funny show. But it was just cool to see that actor in Star Wars. You know, I just like seeing any famous actors in Star Wars uh from anything. But yeah. Um that show I like that reminds me, yeah, I cause I actually put down Trapper Wolf as one of mine. Um I actually put down that uh we had two actors from the prisoner episode come back. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We had a uh, Richard Ayoade, uh, Ayoade, Ayoade, um, from the IT crowd. He was zero in the prisoner episode, and they mm-hmm. got him to come back just to do the voice 
of the frog lady for a few moments. And <laughs> I was like, that's, that's really cool that you would get people to come back for weird things like that. And, you know, that they wouldn't have like somebody else fill in or something like that. The other one that I thought was interesting was, uh, do you, there's two people who played the frog lady. Uh, one was the voice that was D D Bradley Baker, who is like a famous voice actor. Who's, I think he did like the clones and stuff in clone, in clone wars and all that. Mm. Um, but so he was the voice of her making weird noises and stuff, but the actual performance actor that was the, the, um, I did the frog lady. You looked that one up. Mm -hmm. That was Misty Rosas who actually played Queel in the first season. Um, yeah, she's getting paid again. Um, I mean, I guess this, this episode week. Yeah. Oh, Oh, we lost him. Dead, dead uh, laptop. We we lost him. Yep. Uh, it looks like those tif- technical difficulties caught up. I say we just keep rolling with it for a few minutes and see if he All comes right. back. Yeah, I think we'll, he's going to come back. We'll power yeah. through while Ricky is powerless. <laughs> what What did you nerd out on? Like, I mean, or, or did you just you, you know this was it? Kind of it. This goes back to something that I mentioned earlier. It. Um, I just I just love the constant mix of super old tech with super high tech so again looking at the opening scene the dude's riding on a freaking speeder bike this thing is hovering across the desert super fast and he gets taken out by a rope trick i mean they literally pulled a rope and took this thing out um i mean you go back to some of the older films like the the uh uh atsts were on, on when the Ewoks were taking out ATSTs with logs tied to Basically ropes. Basically, everything them. the Ewoks did ever, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, super, super primitive, super low tech. Yeah, super primitive. And then, like a, a really interesting mix was the Gungans, who had these crazy energy orbs that could take out the Imperial tanks, but they were firing with catapults, like catap- catapults against these super high-tech cannons. It, I, I just, I've always loved that mix. It's kind of like um, Firefly did a lot of that too. You know, Firefly was this old school Western with crazy spaceships and whatnot. I, I love that mix of, of low-tech with high-tech. And it, it really kind of, it took me back a lot when I watched that one. Another thing that, that yeah. kind of bothered me though was how, how much did this mother frog really care about her eggs? We, we talked about it a little bit, but not only did she just leave leave the thing sitting in the hallway on this stranger's ship where baby Yoda got to it and started going to town, but she apparently didn't know how many were in there because he ate at least a few. And there, it's not like there was a ton in there. It was what, like maybe 20 eggs or something like that. And she didn't mm-hmm. even notice that some of them were missing. Uh, I thought not. that was a little odd. She did not notice odd. that at all. At all. I think uh, for me, I think I covered a lot of them earlier uh, for what else I was thinking of. Uh, you know, I had mentioned like the, the, I really liked how much reference we got to the prisoner episode. Uh, yeah, it doesn't time. matter. It doesn't matter if you've never seen the prisoner episode, but if you have, it's, it just makes it a little bit better. Right. Well, you know, speak, speaking of the prisoner episode, that reference made me go back and watch it. Um, and I, I, cause I wanted to see it, by the way, Bill, Bill Burr murdered that. I thought he was great in that episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, and I just can't wait for him to come back. He's going, he's going to, you know, he's yeah, going I to. need him. I need him back. Um, and, but one, yeah. one thing that I thought was really cool in that was, um, Xi'an, the, the female Twi'lek, 
said mm-hmm. to the Mandalorian when they when they saw the 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 kid, she said, "Is this kid making you soft or something like that? Uh, or something you know, taking care of this kid is going to make you soft or something like that?" Yeah. And I just found that really interesting that uh, he he's even taken this on in the first place, but also to see that maybe he is getting soft. You know, why did he why did he take on this task of uh of taking this frog lady and her her eggs at sub light speed to this moon to meet yeah. her husband when he could have just gone off and said, yeah, screw this. I'll go find Mandalorians on my own. Maybe he is kind of softening up a little bit and, and becoming a, a different person. Yeah. But also, I mean, like Jeanne sees it in that very episode too, when he like tries to risk his life to save uh, Davin, Davin, yep. Davin yep. right? Yeah. And then that actually is referenced by the cops at the end yep. of this episode, right? Like yep, yep. it's noted on our records that you risked your life for blah blah you know security guard Dobbin and mm-hmm. I'm like that's cool that's some really good uh, continuity there uh, so that you get to see that like even if Mando felt like he got dragged through the mud in that specific episode yeah. that his actions his good intentions ended yep. up laying the, the groundwork for something really cool for him to happen to, in this episode you know yep. um, so that's cool I really like seeing that like that you know, those episodes that are really cool, isolated experiences that people can't understand. Well, yeah, but how does this relate to the bigger? Well, allow it, allow it to allow mm. it to, and it will, you know, just give it time and it, it'll yep. happen. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I, I wanna, think, I wanna, can I, can I backtrack one sec to something yeah. you, you mentioned earlier? The, uh, the, the rebel pilots that came and, and saved Mando what there's seems to be a history and I, of course i'm not i'm not being prejudiced here because i i fit the bill it actually gives me hope but what's up with chubby rebel pilots uh, and i'm not even clown since the first movie a lot of rebel pilots have been really uh shall we say rubenesque gentlemen and i've always felt as a as a person as a fan like i wouldn't even fit in an x-wing cockpit and yet they seem to have a lot of very heavy uh physically heavy people flying their ships. I just I found that an interesting uh, recurring theme. R.I.P. Porkins. Seriously. Yeah, my man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, we know that, though, right? We know that the rebellion was just about getting anybody who was willing to stand up against the Empire, right? Good like, point. And, and, Good point. And that's, and that's it is what it is. And if they're willing to continue doing the job after the fall of the Death Star, I mean, we're talking like five years after the fall of the Death Star, right? Like, yeah. um, hey, if they, get, over, right? if they want to pull over and eat space donuts, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. That gives me uh, hope. Yeah. That gives me sure. hope. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I love seeing just that anybody can be in that because it just gives the kids, you know, at home who are watching this, this thing to dream for, you know, that like, you know, like maybe I could be in an X-Wing and, you know, like, who knows? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I can the, take that and, back to Lando Calrissian. You know, I'd see a black yeah. dude in this role and I went, wow, somebody looks like me. And I see a fat dude in the cockpit. I'm like, there's somebody else that looks like me. This is awesome. I love it. There you go. I'm still waiting for my wheelchair people in, in Star Wars, but it's, it's it'll happen until then. We, sure. We've got X-Men. Yeah. Yes. We've got X-Men. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I never see how Star Wars deals with disability other than cybernetic cybernetic uh yeah. limbs luke's stuff, hand that's you know? about it yeah 
but That's a we'll good point. see that we'll see that one day i'm mm-hmm. like you gotta you gotta have floating wheelchairs somewhere i just never seen them anyways um that's my own uh bone to pick for the for the entirety of star wars uh i think we're gonna wrap this up um we we will uh try to get ricky's score in a little bit but uh for right now i think uh what we like to do is just if you had to put uh, a score on this episode um acknowledging that hindsight is 2020 Mm-hmm. And you might change that later, you know, down the line. This might be a better episode or it might be worse. But right now, in the moment, uh, out of uh, 10, what would you give this episode and why? I'm, I'm going to give one one caveat here. And that is, um, just like D&D stats, Star Wars always comes with a an automatic plus four to its <laughs> score because it's Star Wars. So uh, that said... Um, so is I'm it a gonna, twelve out of ten? <laughs> no, no, no. You, you just add four to to what I'm what I'm giving it. So oh, if, okay. if it were a normal show, I would give it uh, a seven. Um, I thought it was very average as far as um, movement toward his goal. I mean, we ended up sure he he we ended up with a, a next step to get him to some Mandalorian. Hopefully, you know, the first episode of the season he went to find one and found that it wasn't an actual Mandalorian. Um, This episode, we're getting another kind of breadcrumb leading to some more. It was interesting, but there wasn't a whole lot of meat to it. I felt like this was kind of a filler to get to the next steps, but that doesn't mean it was bad. Um, Not a lot of great character development. Didn't really meet anyone new that I thought was especially interesting, but there were some very, very cool moments. So I'll, I'll give it a seven, which is still uh, incredible for me in terms of Star Wars would have been average if it were another another uh, universe. How about yourself? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an eight because I still think that um, I think as the time goes by with this show, I'm starting to uh, renegotiate what I want out of this show, and I think given the world that we live in, I said this last week, but um, to just have something to escape. I mean, mm. we like just to, just to timestamp this one, you know, let's realize like this episode came out, uh, three days after just a cluster of a, of a, of an election in the, yep. in America. And it's, you know, and whichever side you're supporting, you can't be completely happy with how this, this is playing out. And, you know, on top of that, you got a global pandemic that's been around for like nine months or eight months, whatever. And, you know, and unemployment, all like I can just list all the crappy things that have happened this year. Uh, Sean Connery died last week. You know what I mean? Like uh, just so much crap that we've had to deal with. And like, honestly, really, if if you give me a, a, a like 45 minutes to an hour of the Mandalorian, like peeling potatoes i will be fine with that you know like uh uh it is it is pure entertainment it is not meant to stimulate my mind it is not meant to make me think of like how i can go out and be a better human no it's literally just there to make me feel uh like happy emotions Mm. and and experience fun and joy and so for that, like, did the show do that? Yeah, we just talked about it for like 
almost an hour now. You know what I mean? Like we talked about how much it entertained us. And uh, I actually did find the frog lady quite compelling. I, I thought I thought that she was willing to go to the trouble of like showing us her secret skill of being able to program deconstructed that was like cool. you know droids just to use and she's like don't worry this is no he's not actually on i just you know took over his voice modulator or whatever vocabulator his yeah. vocabulator thank you um but you know what i mean like she's pulling off this crazy stuff like she's adding depth to this character she's not out of the show like just like last week we thought okay, Tatooine's done, and then this episode started, and nope, they're still on Tatooine, you know? Right. right. Uh, so uh, the expectation that, that Frog Lady's not on the ship next week, you know? No, I'm pretty sure she's there. I think she's there for the ride. They're going to have to port and go get the ship repaired, you know? Like, I don't True. know when their equinox is, but, you know, that's still the deadline for getting those babies to the husband. Um I'm curious but, about the husband too. I'd 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 be interested in seeing like a, if he turns out to be uh, uh, some kind of helpful character. I'd be interested in seeing a, a frogman come along for the ride. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm just saying, like, I I got a character that was interesting. Does she speak English? No, I don't think that's a qualification for making her a nah. good character. Uh, you know, I think she pleaded to the Mandalorian's uh, code. I think she did a lot of fun things that made me want to see more of her and made me want to say, hey, maybe we get to see Frog Husband or whatever, you know, like all of these things. And then, you know, like I really like Peli. I like I like uh, I like seeing these recurring X-Wing pilots come back, you know, and I love Mr. Kim. And so um, there was all these things that just made me smile through the whole episode. So how can I not give it an eight? You know, like I will give a 10 or a nine when they actually do something that pushes the story in mind blowing <laughs> yeah. ways. Yep. Uh, but th- like if you, if you're giving star Wars a plus four, I'm at least giving it a plus five, you know? So fair um, enough. Fair enough. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. something that just hit me that I think is real interesting is the fact that uh, when she, she couldn't communicate with him and he said, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to sleep. Not only did she call him out on his code once she was able to communicate with him directly, yeah. She did it through the thing that he hates the most in this world, a droid, which I thought was, uh, it didn't hit me until just a minute ago. That was kind of, that was like double cool that she was able to stick that in his face. Like, okay, you're just going to turn your back on me. I got something for you, fella. And she just dropped it on him and there was nothing he could do. And as a weird speculative side note, like, uh, are we just taking her at face value that she did program that thing correctly and that she didn't Mm -hmm. accidentally turn it on and, and uh, trigger some sort of, uh, you know, beacon that might oof, that might oof, bring people oof. coming. You know what I mean? Like, uh, who who's to say that Zero's owners aren't going to come looking for him now that he's turned back on or something that like that? That could be you know? very interesting. Like, that's what we keep seeing every episode is like some little thing that we just don't think is significant. Some midichlorian ends up being uh, a whole entire thread that they pull on later, you know, mm-hmm. so... Uh, you know, you know, but it left me wondering all these fun things, and that's 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 a fun experience for me. So no doubt, no uh, doubt. Yeah, cool. Well, um, I think yeah, we gotta go. I want to thank um everybody who tuned in to to catch us. Uh, you know, technical difficulties aside, I still enjoyed talking about this show. Before we leave, I'd like to give you a chance to like tell us if you got anything else you got going on that you want to promote and where people can find you? 
oh man, I don't do much on social media. Um, I'm, I'm uh, at Bomangani on Twitter, B-O-M-A-N-G-A-N-I, but I don't use it much. Um, and I live a pretty boring life, so you can see me on such features as working from home um, and playing World of Warcraft when I have a chance. And that's about it. I feel like you're underselling yourself. I feel like you gave this world a gift a few, about a month ago or two months ago. You gave this world the re. Oh, the we're, we're going there. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, then, yeah, you should be proud you of your accomplishments. If you don't have it, go out and get the the uh, remaster of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two for your your preferred console. It's, uh, it's incredible. What, what was your What was your capacity on that one? Uh, producer. Yes. Yeah. See? Yeah. Super Sell exciting, yourself. man. Sell yourself, man. Like, <laughs> there was an entire Saturday Night Live skit about that. You should that be That blew proud. my mind. Was not expecting yeah. that. That was super cool. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's entertaining us during these times, that's gold. It's it's just great, you know? Excellent. Um, as for me, uh, Dennis, you can find me on Denex Media everywhere. Uh, some places more than others. Uh, I tend to mostly hang out on YouTube and Instagram. But you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitch. You can find me on TikTok. Um, I'm playing with toys and talking about Star Wars. That's pretty much what I'm doing. And if you like it, you should check it out. And if you like this, you should hit like, subscribe, and go tell somebody about it. Um, but yeah, until next time, we'll have a brand new guest. And hopefully, Ricky will be back with less technical difficulties. Um, thank you so much. May the force be with you. Yes, and and with you as well. And with that, you have listened, and we, and we have, have spoken. spoken.